A name you know who's in the know. It's the Cindy Adams Show, 77 WABC. I'm about to speak to Lisa Ann, whom I'm dying to talk to. She has been a porn star. So tell me, tell me, tell me your background. How did you start doing whatever the hell it was you were doing? So I started in the adult industry working at clubs in the Northeast. So Pennsylvania, New Jersey, I'm originally from Pennsylvania. And after a couple of years of studying the performers that got to travel and see the world as a dancer, meaning the adult film stars, I took a two-year study of interviewing them and then took my very first flight ever from Pennsylvania to California and got into the industry. Uh, I was in the industry for about 30 years. And in 2013, I landed the opportunity to start talking fantasy sports on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. I've oh. since then gone from Sirius XM to a new network called the Better Sports Network, where I do my fantasy sports and sports betting content. Let me go back to your background. Who, where are you from? Where did you go to school? What's your parents? Tell me so we know who you are. So I went to school. I grew up in Easton, Pennsylvania. Uh, I went to Easton High School. Um, my parents, my whole family is still back in Easton, Pennsylvania. Um, I have one brother and two stepbrothers. Why do, why do we always think it's always bad ladies who get into porn? Why, is, why do we have that feeling? Well, I think a lot of people have their own uh, situation with how they view themselves for watching adult content. You know, shooting adult content is a legal business within the United States. It's a tax-generating business, which provides billions of dollars a year to the economy. And so what I think people wrap their head around it, they're not quite sure they can kind of come up with the resolution with themselves of the guilt that they might feel for watching the content and whether they can engage with that person moving forward when they get out of the industry. Myself keeping in the spotlight and continuing to brand myself and pivot into different careers has been interesting to watch because I've really learned it's not about me. It's about how other people perceive kind of coming up with their own checks and balances of how they feel about watching adult content, their own formed opinions of this person can't be right. But at the same time, uh, it's such a lucrative business that allowed me to travel and see the world. I still get to do international events. So as I've always seen it as a gift, as a way for me to fast track my financial wellness, allowing me to take jobs and do things like write books, which we all know is not the most profitable thing to do. But if you've worked hard in the adult industry and you've saved your money and set up a nice passive income from the content you've created, then you allow yourself your freedoms in your you know, 50s, 60s, and 70s to do whatever you want. And that's kind of the life that I'm living right now. Okay, you have been saying this several times because it, the way you say it, it comes out really smooth. I understand. How do you protect doing what you did from the bad things that we always think could be happening? I mean, we always imagine so many bad things could be happening from doing porn. Well, if this is a business more than anything else in the world where you have to know who you are when you enter the business. I don't recommend it for anybody who has any addiction or codependency issues because, of course, those things are very, very prevalent in the industry. And I knew who I was. 
I knew I wasn't going on set to do drugs or drink. I knew I wasn't going on the road to do drugs or drink. So for me, it was just a really serious business plan that also allowed me to have a little bit of fun. So I think knowing who you are, and that stands true in many businesses. You can get spit up and sent out the other side if you don't know who you are. So having that strong head on your shoulders and looking at the nuts and bolts of like this plan where, hey, I can shoot movies, I can go on the road and feature dance, I can do events, I can travel and do events internationally. If you have that going through you, then it's just another business. It's no Hey, I've had I've done business. all that too and I didn't do porn. I have traveled, I've slept all over the world. Porn is not the only way to see the world. No, no. No, 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 but I'm saying like I, I, I never have paid to travel anywhere. I've always been paid to travel everywhere. It is not the only way. I'm just saying that is the way I viewed it. Did you watch it yourself? Have you watched porn since? I do. I still do watch with my guy, uh, but I have to watch an international director, Mark Dorsell, because, of course, you can't watch your friends. You know what I mean? So I can't watch people that I know. So I have to go into, you know, the content <laughs> where nobody speaks English and it's all foreign uh, shots. So it's very different. But that's the niche that I stand. I didn't watch a lot until I became curious about it to get involved. And at that time, it was VHS. And the performers that would come through my club in Reading, Pennsylvania, would give me a VHS tape. And then I would go home and watch it in a very, like, coach watching a football game kind of tape, right? I would watch it and analyze it and think, could I do that? Could I not do that? Would I be comfortable with that? So I just kind of studied it so I knew what to expect when I was out in front of a camera. Did you do it with men, women, or all together? Everything. I did it with everyone. Is it big money? It can be very big money. Once you build yourself a nice little brand, it can be very big money. Yes. Tell us about pornographic films you have been in. Uh, well, I couldn't list them all, but I'll say the most relevant would probably be Who's Nailin Palin. I got to star as Palin, Sarah Palin in Larry Flint's series of Who's Nailin Palin. And that was kind of groundbreaking at the time where Palin was chosen to be McCain's running mate in 2008. What? <laughs> I understand that. We all know that. What did it have to do with Sarah Palin, actually? Oh, we used a lot of her taglines. I mean, during the scenes, I had to say, drill, baby, drill. Uh, I had to say, you betcha. Uh, we wrote her kind of life story and kind of pivoted around of, of the things that were actually going on in her actual life in the very first movie, Who's Nail and Palin. I'm sure Sarah was really thrilled with this, right? Not thrilled. I can't even get her to do a cameo for me. You know, my friend tried to get her to do a cut cameo for me for my birthday, but he put my full name in the order. And I'm like, why would you do that? Why couldn't you just say Lisa Ann, not Lisa? Why couldn't you say Lisa? Because, I mean, I would love to get a cameo from Sarah Palin. Did you put on body paint makeup when you were doing a nude shows? No, not at all. Well, I would have thought you would have wanted certain parts of your parts fixed up no i mean it's only gonna sweat off and rub off on everything so it's not worth it i don't have any tattoos to cover so there was no reason for that that's so much work come on it's if, just a beautiful naked body it's flaws a, there's flaws yeah well i i don't know about you but every other body has a few if a camera's on does the guy ever have difficulty getting ready of course i mean 
we need wood, right? Not always can you get wood. So that's sometimes a problem. Sometimes there's a day on set where you feel like you might be pushing rope up a hill, but uh, you'll make it. And it just takes a little bit more time or focus or maybe to reschedule. What do you mean by fine focus? Well, how do you get a guy ready when he's not ready? Not that I haven't experienced some of it, but how do you do that? When a camera's Sometimes on. he needs to pull himself into another room, maybe get away from the chatter that's been going on on set. Um, for him, it's a mental game. For these guys, it's really a mental game. So usually it takes them just having a little bit of time to themselves to refocus. So how many shots, supposing it's not a good close-up or not a good shot, and you have to do it again and again, like we've all done when we're doing movies, what, what, how, do, how, how does that work? We really don't redo scenes. That would be a whole nother day. So we just continue to shoot until we have the amount of content that we like, and then we edit out what we didn't like. Oh, oh, I see. Would you, if you had a daughter, would would you want her to go into a porn industry? You know, that would have to be very carefully directed, and I would have to know why. You know, for me, it was more survival. I was out on my own young, and I wanted to be financially secure. I would hope that if I was a parent that I would be able to afford college and other options for my child. But if my child came to me and said, this is what I would wanted to do, um, I would want to have a very open conversation about it and give it time, not make a hasty decision. So maybe sit down for a couple of months and, and have a conversation about it weekly until it's definitely a solid thing because there's definitely pros and cons to doing it. And it does affect your life forever. So it would be something that I would really want to support in the right way. But hopefully I'd be able to provide enough security that there'd be such a wealth of options that um, that wouldn't be the only. Okay, I know about the pros. What are the cons? Well, the cons are really, you know, what what carries along with you because of the Internet for the rest of your life. Uh, this is not time-sensitive material. So if a, a new uh, viewer sees something, of course, they think you're doing it right now. Um, it's confused the minds of young men to believe that, you know, because you did this on camera, that you'd be willing to do this with them. Uh, the accessibility that it's given because of the internet is very confusing for young men. And so that kind of follows you along. I get approached a lot. Um, and it, it can be a very awkward situation when somebody believes that, that because I did this, I should want to do this with them. And I obviously do not. Is there a hall of fame for pornography? Pornographers. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. You have to be in the industry for 15 years. And once you reach your 15 year mark, you get put in the Hall of Fame. Well, well what is that? What, what does it mean to be in the Hall of Fame of pornography? What do you get? Uh, you get an award uh, and you get put on a, you know. A golden what? Yeah. <laughs> a golden yeah. what? You get, you get an award. Did you get one? I sure did. And is it in your library? It is not. I sold all of my awards to fans. They were just tchotchkes to me. What was I going to do with them? So I, I turned a profit on them all. Listen, when you're doing it, give, can you give me one time when the scene didn't work and you had to redo or how did you do it? How does it work? 
Uh, I really didn't have that issue because I was very careful on who I worked with. I worked with the same group of people my entire time in the industry. So I was comfortable with them and they were comfortable with me. Uh, So we worked very well together. It's kind of like a team sport. You've got to be able to help each other out. And so, you know, it's about communication and it's about supporting each other and uh, helping bring out the best in both of you. So it was, you know, it's, it's a very, for me, it was very easy. How about how about AIDS and wearing masks and pandemics and all the rest of that? I don't know. I was already out of the industry before the pandemic. What about the stigma of being a porn star? I mean, can you go to dinner with a society group? I can. I can do whatever I want in society. I'm a free person. Um, a stigma is something that someone else puts on me. It's not something I put on myself. Listen, I I understand. You have all the answers nice and clear. I I got it. I got it. And you're very careful about what you say. Somebody told me that there was a story that there was, that they were doing, they were creating an artificial vagina. Do you know anything about that? Uh, I have one. It's called a fleshlight. And it is molded. It's, wait, 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 wait. Start again. It's what? Say it slowly because I'm very limited. Tell me again. It's what? It's called a fleshlight, F-L-E-S-H-L-I-G-H-T. So it looks like it's in a, a holder like a flashlight, uh, but it's actually a, a, a mimic. It's molded exactly identical to the stars in the industry today. It's a product that sells that we get a commission for lifetime off of the product. And uh, so, yes, it is a sex toy for men. Well, I got to tell you, it was very interesting talking to you i mean do you have any things you would like to add like does it help your own sex life or not i think i'm confident sexually so yes i would say that does help my sex life yes okay well i'm not going to let you near a husband if i ever have one again but thank you for If you're that competent, the hell with you. It was wonderful to have you on the air, and I appreciate your talking to me. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much. It was nice to meet you. Have a wonderful holiday weekend. Thank you, Lisa.